It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti, back home from the Combine. Hope you guys had a good week and a good weekend. Combine is officially in the books. That means the next step now, of course, is Pro Days. And then it is on to the NFL Draft. But first thing we're going to do here is look at yet another mock draft. Because it's Monday, so that, of course, means... The Draft Network boys are at it again. This time it was Trevor Sikama's turn to unleash his fury, as it were. And we've got actually a three-round mock this time. I think this is actually the first... uh, I think this is the first three-round mock draft that the Draft Network has done. I think they've all been either one round or a couple of two-round mocks. But I think this is the first with a three-round mock, so we've got a good bit to talk about here when it comes to the Panthers' pick. So let's dive right into it and start with number seven overall, and once again, it is Derek Brown, defensive tackle out of Auburn. And again, we've I feel like I've talked so many times about Derek Brown to, uh, to the Carolina Panthers, but listen... As, as we said before, it makes a lot of sense. The Panthers obviously need a lot of youth and a lot of help on that defensive front. Uh, in fact, just earlier today, we, we saw a report that uh, the Panthers are going to decline Dontari Poe's 2020 option, which was expected. I mean, look, Dontari Poe, of course, was dealing with some injuries. He's getting up in age, and it would save a few million against the cap space. So really made a lot of sense for the Panthers not to bring Poe back, especially for a team that's rebuilding and a team that just needs a lot of young pieces and, and a lot more help. So Derek Brown really is going to be that, uh, that strong presence that can help with or help with replace Dontari Poe. Now I get it. Dontari Poe, or excuse me, Derek Brown had some, some drills and some numbers that uh, weren't the greatest, but you know, let's let's not overthink it. Derek Brown is still, you know, if you watch the tape, you know that he's still a fantastic football player. And a couple of numbers here and there at the combine really shouldn't deter you from the fact, uh, or deter you from still looking at him with that seventh overall pick. That's not gonna, that's not gonna all of a sudden say, oh, Derek Brown's, you know, not a, a top ten pick. So, you know, he he's still he's still worthy of the pick. Uh, I'll read. I'll read through what uh, Trevor wrote on the Derek Brown pick. He said, Derek Brown's combine was hot and cold. At six foot five, three hundred twenty-six pounds, Brown's size is in the top twenty percentile for his position. His twenty-eight reps on the bench press were a good number two, but his twenty-seven inch vertical jump, four seven nine, twenty yard shuttle, and eight two two three cone drill were some of the worst times in the class. And that really that last number, I think, was the the one that really started to make people pause a bit. Was that eight two two three cone drill? Uh, Trevor then writes his five one six 
40 yard dash is in the lower percentile for interior defensive linemen, but that's without giving him a weight adjusted score. Brown's tape is very good, but it isn't perfect. From things I've been told, Brown's talent is so great that to this point in his football career, he hasn't had to really hone in on the finer details. Not that Brown isn't a hard worker, it's more of a note to how good he naturally is. In college and high school, he could win reps off talent alone. On tape, he'll pop out of his stance and be quick to give up leverage, something that even showed up in his 40-yard dash, and his 8.22 seconds was nearly historically bad to the point where you know an athlete of his caliber would only put up that kind of number if he didn't really focus on his training for it. When Brown gets to the NFL, he will truly be challenged for the first time in his football career. That's also a testament to just how good he is. Because of this, he might struggle, and he put struggle in quotation marks, in his first year or so, because he won't have the repeated technique to fall back on. If he puts his head down and focuses on that, I have no worries he'll be worth a top 10 pick. And it goes back to, to what I said before. Don't, don't overthink it. We know what he is on film. You know, a couple of numbers like that shouldn't really uh, shouldn't really scare you off. He's still going to go... He's still going to go high. Let, let's face it. He's still probably going to be a top 10 pick. It's just a matter of, is he going to end up with the Panthers? Because there's another player we'll touch on in a little bit. Or at some point, that of course is Isaiah Simmons, who absolutely blew up the combine and may have put himself in consideration for a top 10, maybe even, uh, maybe even top five. There's some people saying he could go top five now just because of, you know, all the versatility he has and the, the show he put on at the combine. I mean, what was it? A four, three, nine, 40. I think it was, uh, just a lot of his drills and a lot of his numbers were just so outstanding that, I think at this point, some teams are are going to, going to fall in love with him. So it's really going to be intriguing now to see where Isaiah Simmons goes. And if he's the say him and Derek Brown are both there at seven, I think that's going to be a really interesting, uh, a really interesting decision that the Panthers have to make between those two teams. Do you take the positionless player in Isaiah Isaiah Simmons and figure out? where you're going to play him on your defense or do you solidify the defensive front with Derek Brown and maybe go after a linebacker elsewhere now there are some other there are some good def- defensive tackles that they can get perhaps in the second round if they pass on Derek Brown guys like um Justin Madbiki and a couple others I know Neville Gallimore was talked about as maybe a second round option, but I still think he's playing his way into the back end of the first round. So I don't know if Gallimore is going to be there uh, in round or in round two, but Matabike at the Texas A&M, I think is a, is a possible option there. But uh, for the moment, it is Derek Brown who went to the Panthers at number seven overall by the Carolina Panthers in Trevor Sikama's latest mock draft. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, Before we jump into the rest of his mock draft, I want to take a moment to shout out, of course, our good friends over at Queen City Beauty Group. Our friends there are... Still with us for the month the month of March. Excuse me. So our friends uh, Michael and Michelle mostly glad to still have them available. Uh, so the season celebration is around the corner with proms, weddings, and events coming up soon. By the way, did you know the Queen City Beauty Group has an acne clinic? If you or someone you love is struggling with their skin, don't visit the drugstore shelves. Queen City Beauty Group can help. Many acne medications on store shelves are one-size-fits-all solutions. Many of these products can worsen acne because one-size-fits-all skincare doesn't actually make sense when you think about it. Have you ever had a new breakout the day after you run out of an acne product? If so, that's the wrong product for your skin. This happening is not normal, although many people think it is. It is called rebound acne. Nichelle at Queen City Beauty Group has years of experience handling all types of acne and restoring healthy skin function. Queen City Beauty Group will help you to clear skin without harsh chemicals, steroids, or nasty ingredients that cause rebound acne. Proper, customized skin care from someone you trust is crucial. Queen City Beauty Group. Skin care for all. And again, a shout out to Shout out to them for their uh, continued su- continued success and their support here. Uh, so for you listeners out there, the Queen City Beauty Group March Special includes CBD Oxygen Dome Therapy fa- Facial, which is a treatment that uses ionized oxygen to restore balance to the skin. Locally sourced CBD adds to the healing, calming, and soothing effects of this treatment. Safe for all skin types since Queen City Beauty Group customizes all treatments. This super relaxing facial is fantastic for your skin's health. And so the monthly monthly special includes the CBD Oxygen Dome Therapy Facial, a $75 gift certificate for use on a future visit or re-gift, and a gift from Queen City Beauty Group. Normally a $250 value, it could be yours for just $99. So that's the Queen City Beauty Group March special. Go check them out. Again, queencitybeautygroup.com. And again, thanks to, thanks again to them for their continued support here on the Locked On Panthers podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
So as we jump back into it now, let's go on to round number two. Where the Panthers, according to Trevor Sikma, select Trevon Diggs, the cornerback out of Alabama. And, and look, the Alabama cornerbacks, the Alabama, the Alabama secondary, we know they're all strong. We we talked to a couple of them at the the, the shrine or the combine. I was ready to say senior bowl, then I said shrine game, and but the combine. Uh, guys like Diggs and Shaheem Carter. Talked to a couple of them. Xavier McKinney. Uh, they're they're all they're all fantastic guys. In fact, for Pro Football Network, I actually just wrote a piece on someone that's on an Alabama corner that's going to be a top pick next year, and that's going to be Patrick Sertain Jr., who I've become a, a big fan of just watching him a little bit on film. But Trayvon Diggs, uh, another stud corner. Uh, even if we just look at the some of the scouting reports on the Draft Network, Joe Marino. Calls him a standout in zone coverage. Uh, loves his ability to squeeze zones and flip from the field to the boundary. Has an astute understanding of coverage spacing and how to layer zones. Uh, patient footwork. Uh, more fluid than expected for a corner of his size. So, a lot to like about Trayvon Diggs. Obviously, the, uh, the Alabama pedigree certainly does not hurt. And... I think we're starting to get to the point where James Bradbury is not going to be back on the Panthers this season. Uh, there's been nothing in terms of the Panthers franchise tagging him. And really, there's no reason for the Panthers to. Um, you're in a rebuilding year. You're not really. You don't really want to lock yourself into big numbers and. That's what Bradbury would get with the franchise tag. And look, he's probably going to get about $15 million a year on his new deal. We know contracts are going to set to explode. And uh, he's going to be paid like a top corner on the free agent market. Because, you know, it's really between him and Byron Jones are probably the two best corners on this market. So they're they're both going to get paid. And Carolina really isn't in a position to offer that kind of money to James Bradbury. So it makes a lot of sense to let Bradbury go and look at the corner market in the draft. And that's where uh, Trevon Diggs comes in. So really like that pick there at 38. And then we move on to round number three. And at pick number 69, there is Jalen Hurts, the quarterback out of Oklahoma. And look, we've talked a little bit before on this pod and we t- I talked a bit on the the division crossover we had a couple weeks ago about what I think is a good possibility that Jalen Hurts is going to end up as a Carolina Panther. Look, they're saying saying and doing all the right things when it comes to Cam Newton and I mean you know, you have to say those things at this point of the process. But I just can't help but think that the quarterback, the starting quarterback in 2021 is not on this roster. I think it is going to come via the draft. I don't nec- I don't think it's going to come from one of the, the big three because I just don't think the Panthers, with the position they're in right now, are going to want to make a huge move 
for one of these quarterbacks. They really don't have the ammunition. I don't see them parting ways with a first-round pick next year because that's what it's going to take at least if they want to move up to number three or say even number two to get Tua or Justin Herbert. And let's face it, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility now that the Redskins take Tua at number two or the Lions take Tua at number three. And it would take a lot for a team like the Panthers, again, not just to jump up those spots, but because they know they have to outbid the Miami Dolphins and the Los Angeles Chargers. That's a huge price to pay. And, you know, if you go back a couple days ago with my conversation with Mark Schofield, we touched on this and we touched on the fact that it's probably going to be cost prohibitive for the Panthers to make this kind of move. I think if they're going to take a quarterback, it's going to be in the second or third round. And that's where a guy like Jalen Hurts comes in, who I've said before, I think they could kind of use him as kind of a, a Cam Newton light. You know, that obviously that mobile quarterback with a, with a good arm, give him time to develop. And that's the thing too. You draft Jalen Hurts, you give yourself that year to let him sit behind Cam Newton, let him develop for a year before giving him the reins in 2021 so I think this makes all the sense in the world to bring in a guy like Jalen Hurts in the third round and 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 look we know Jalen Hurts had a fantastic combine himself it is not out of the realm of possibility that he goes in the second round you know some team might fall in love with him and try to think of ways to use him in the offense or whatever the case may be. So he may not even be there in round three for the Panthers. It's possible that if the Panthers want to take Jalen Hurts, it's going to have to come in round two. Now, you know, it's it's no guarantee that he, uh, he goes in round. He could still slip to round three, but I just can't help but think now that some team might fall in love with him just because of, uh, you know, the ability he showed on the field at the Combine and just some of the stuff you could do with him in your offense, whether it's as a quarterback or uh, in a wildcat-type scenario. So Jalen Hurts is is a real wild card, I think, in this draft. And I'm really curious where, where he's going to go. But like I said, I... Would not have a problem at all. I think it would make a ton of sense if Jalen Hurts winds up with the Carolina Panthers. I think it's uh, I think it would be a really good fit because again, he gets to learn from Cam Newton and he gets to sit by Cam Newton. There's no pressure to throw him out there week one of this year because you have Cam Newton and you're you know you're hoping a healthy Cam Newton and that'll give you the time to develop Jalen Hurts and just let him just let him learn from Cam Newton, let him learn from Joe Brady, learn from Matt Rule before he eventually give him the reins in 2021. So I really like that pick. So to recap Trevor's mock draft. So again, Derek Brown in round one, Trevon Diggs in round two, and Jalen Hurts in round three. And then before we wrap things up here, I do want to touch 
like I said, I talked a little bit about Isaiah Simmons and how he blew up the combine and how I think somebody now is going to fall in love with him in the top 10. I mean, we look at his numbers now with Isaiah Simmons. Again, we, we know that strong 40 that he ran, a 4-3-9-40, a vertical jump of 39 inches, broad jump, 132 inches, and he looked really good in the drills. Look, so like I said, I think somebody's going to fall in love with him. Isaiah Simmons may have just locked himself into the top 10 of the draft with his combine performance and, and his 40-yard dash. He may be a positionless player, but one of these teams is going to figure out where to use him. You know, and you could play him at linebacker. You could play him at safety. And that's why I said, too, he would not be a bad option for the Panthers either. Um, I'm going to use a term that I heard Jordan Rodrigue use when she did a video with uh, Emery Hunt of footballgameplan.com when she was discussing Isaiah Simmons and considered him one of those. Can And I'm going to quote her on this. Can we please, for the love of God, fix this? type players, unquote. And I, I thought that was perfect. Um, and if you want to check out, she talked with Emery Hunt of footballgameplan.com and you could talk to her or you, you could check out that video uh, on YouTube. Her and Emery had a great, uh, great discussion of the Panthers and draft stuff, things like that. But I, I thought when, when I heard her say that, I thought that was absolutely perfect. Can we, can we please, for the love of God, fix this? type player. And then that's what Isaiah Simmons could be. You know, again, he's that positionless player that you can, he's just a, such a good athlete. And at, at this point we can play him just about anywhere on the field. And for a team like the Carolina Panthers who need help just about everywhere, let, let's, let, let's be honest. They can use help anywhere they can get. Isaiah Simmons could be that guy. You know, you play him at linebacker, Somewhere across there, you know, maybe he, maybe you teach him to play middle linebacker, replace Luke Keekley, or you could play him on the outside and let Shaq Thompson and uh, Jermaine Carter man the inside. Maybe you play him in the back end at safety with Trey Boston being a free agent and you know how much more you have with Eric Reed. Maybe you, you try him out there. There's so many different ways that I think the Panthers can use Isaiah Simmons that I think... Like, like I said before, if it comes down to, say, Derrick Brown and Isaiah Simmons, and we'll get to the offensive line at some point, too, but right now I just want to focus on Derrick Brown and Isaiah Simmons. And I think if, if both of those players are on the board at number seven, I think Carolina has an incredibly difficult decision to make because you're either taking a player that can help you really in two levels, in linebacker and safety, but then you're also talking about a guy in Derrick Brown that's just so good for his size. And with the way Phil Snow wants to be versatile up front, Derrick Brown can play in, in a multiple of fronts that he can, he can become the anchor of your defensive line. And trading down, you know, if both these players are on the board, I don't know if trading down is a strong option 
if you're looking at these two guys, because depending on how far you trade down, are both those guys still going to be there? You know, say, for example, the top three quarterbacks are off the board. Jordan Love is still on the board. And you've got teams like the Colts at 13, the Buccaneers at 14 that might have interest in him, especially the Colts. I I think deep down the Colts are probably going to be in love with, with Jordan Love, no pun intended. Do you consider trading down knowing that you're probably going to give up both of those players? Could you trade down from 7 to 13? Derek Brown and Isaiah Simmons are both probably off the board by then. Because I, I, th- I think both could end up in the top 10. Definitely think they could both go in the top 12. So if you drop to 13. Now, if we're, stay, if we're touching on defensive tackles too, that could also mean that you're you're hoping a guy like Javon Kinlaw is still there as well. And if that's the case, then I think that's a really good fallback option because, look, Javon Kinlaw is a hell of a a football player as well too. And, of course, we know his story now of being homeless and just persevering through that. So that that could be an option you take. You know, if, if you feel comfortable with Javon Kinlaw and you trade down, get a few picks... But again, you know, the cost would be you're likely giving up both Derek Brown and Isaiah Simmons. But if you stay at seven and you're looking at both of those players, then I think it's a it's a really, really tough decision because I think both players can help this football team tremendously. And then, of course, you factor in the offensive tackles that could still be on the board, whether it's Andrew Thomas or uh, Tristan Wirfs or Mekhi Becton, or uh, Jedrick Wills. I, they're all they're all potentially in play. At, l- at least three of them, I think, will be. Because, I mean, I, the Giants might take a tackle at four. Maybe the Chargers at six, if the board falls in a certain way. But you're still going to have your pick of definitely at least two of them, maybe even three of them. So you're going to have all those guys... You're going to have, you might have Derek Brown, you might have Isaiah Simmons, hell, Jeffrey Okuda could be there, you never know, you know, the, the Lions could surprise us all and take somebody else other than Jeff Okuda, they could take Derek Brown, or they could take a quarterback, and all of a sudden Okuda falls, there's there's so many different ways that, that the Panthers, that, that's why at least the Panthers are in a good position where they are. In, in the draft, there, there's going to be so many good players available to them that it's going to be a tough decision, you know. But I, I think it's also a spot where I don't think the Panthers can really go wrong. There, there's not too many ways I think that the Panthers can mess this up. Even if they trade down, it could still be a good move because again, maybe you land with a guy like Javon Kinlaw. And then you do that and you pick up a couple extra picks, which the Panthers could certainly use. Remember, they only have seven picks right now. Wouldn't hurt to add uh, one or two more. So trading down definitely is, is not a bad option. If they trade up, well, then so be it, I guess. I Right now, I don't think I would. They really don't have the ammo. Like, like I said, if, if they're going to move up at this stage of the game, it's going to at the very least, take their first-round pick next year. 
And with the Panthers in a position like this, I really don't think they can afford to give up that first-round pick. I don't think, you know, for as good as these players are, the this rebuild process, I don't think there's a player good enough that the Panthers should sacrifice the future a little bit like that to to get one of these players. Somebody good is going to fall to them. And numbers, unless they really, really fall in love with one of these quarterbacks and they think he's the guy. This is the guy that's going to turn our franchise around. This is the guy that's going to lead us back into back to prominence. If if they feel that way, then you know I, I can understand it. You know, because really, there's no price too big for a franchise quarterback. But if there's not a quarterback that they feel that way, or if they just would rather touch on different areas of the def- of, of the team, then there's no need, I think, right now for them to make that big of a jump and at least save their picks, if not trade down, and get a couple more picks. But I think that's where the Panthers stand right now as far as their, their draft strategy. I think their best cases are either stay at seven and get a guy like Derek Brown or possibly Isaiah Simmons, or trade back if you think someone like Javon Kinlaw is still going to be there. If you think, and and you could also you could always trade back up too. You could trade down from say seven to thirteen, and then trade back up from thirteen to say nine or ten, and get one of those guys. There, there's nothing saying that once you trade back to fourteen, you're there at fourteen. It could always trade back up if some of these players slip a bit so it's like i've said before on the show i think the panthers are such a wild card in this draft it, it's really hard to figure out what they're going to do and you know i think that's a good thing and even you know matt rule was saying at the at the combine he likes the fact he pretty much likes the fact that you know he is a new guy and He's able to keep a lot of stuff close to the vest so that no one really knows what he's doing. So I'm going to be very fascinated by the Panthers' strategy in this draft. So with that, I think we're going to wrap things up here. As always, appreciate you guys tuning in and hope you guys have yourselves a great Monday. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Setti, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E, and follow the podcast wherever you get your listening pleasure and until next time take care everybody and we will see you next time right here on lop until then take care my friends we'll see you soon if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast join the draft dudes kyle krabs and joe marino as they go position by position through the nfl free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 nfl draft if you want to know who your favorite nfl team should be adding to its roster you need to check out locked on nfl scouting available on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.